Jesse Clyde. Jesse Clyde is a cartoonist and artist in Moscow, Idaho. You'll hear how he connected with his talent or not, how he can't describe his artwork, his advice to budding artists and their parents, sort of, and then he asks me some questions. It's an interview that left me delighted and bemused, kind of like art. And don't make me cry. The last couple of interviews have been crying. Don't so make you cry. Come don't on. make me. Okay, maybe tears Man. of joy. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever comes, comes. Okay, we're just okay, you're be right. Here. Let's just be together <laughs> in this moment. All feelings are good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where did you grow up, and when did you move to Moscow, Idaho? Must have been Colville, Washington. Okay, and then '09, I moved here. You moved from super rural, yeah, to rural, yeah. Now, I'm just curious, as an artist, Mm. clearly you showed creativity at a young age. And where you grew up, were you accepted for who you were and your artwork? Surprisingly. (gasps) I didn't really run into any um, problems. (laughs) I'm so glad to hear that. Sweet. So in this interview, we don't have to worry about the childhood trauma that's going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) I'll figure out another way. Don't worry. (laughs) Jesse Clyde, thank you for being with us mm-hmm. today. Thanks for having me. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, of course. And this is exciting because in here in season two, many of our guests have been through Zoom because, of course, pandemic. But mm-hmm. we are able to have Jesse here because he's local. We have this two studio podcast set up, which I'm so thankful for, especially because I can see your entire outfit and I'm digging it. Thank you. He's wearing a smiley face cardigan, and you should have seen his daisy mask. That just tells me that you are very comfortable expressing yourself. Have you always been that way? I suppose so. I don't know. Always comfortable in your own skin? I'm just here. Wow. Excellent. Now, for our listener, can you describe your artwork? Mm. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I I think that answer actually really helps define it because it's when I see your work, it mm. is because this is going to age me. It's a bit Ren and Stimpy. Mm. So it's cute. And yet sometimes the way that you have eyes or eyelids is a little disturbing. Mm-hmm. And then there's bold font, which captures my attention and makes me feel secure. But then you loop in this character with really elongated limbs. And all of a sudden, I'm a little insecure, but I'm there for the ride. I'm so with you. Yeah, same experience here. <laughs> I'm so I'm happy that I understood that. So there's this assumption, Jesse, that doodling or cartoon work is uh, pushed out, especially of children at a young age. Mm-hmm. So did you have anybody or how were you encouraged to really go for it? My mother was always making stuff. And as soon as I started drawing, I think that was just encouraged. It seemed to have always found whatever path things need to be expressed through. I found that and just did it, I guess. I don't know. Nice. Now, I think when, you know, if you talk to somebody and ask them what they think of a, of cartoons or yeah. drawings, they may say something like The Simpsons or, yeah. I mean, this is super old, but Garfield or something like that. <laughs> what are some of your earliest memories of some cartoons or drawings that influenced you? 
I think it really picked up when I started watching Adventure Time, which wasn't until like college. <laughs> which is an excellent program. Yes, yes, really pushing it as far as what cartoons are capable of doing, for sure. You and a few other local artists have created something called Rumble Lump Club. <laughs> can you explain to our listener what that is and how it came about? Yeah, I can do that. Um, the Rumble Lump Club is just a monthly zine thing that we send to our friends in the mail. It has horoscopes, fortunes, comics, other drawings. Um, yeah, it just came about. Well, I wanted to make a book for a long time, and I was like trying to like get to publishers and stuff. I was like, wait a second. I don't need to do that. I can just do it myself. So I started, you know, we got together and started making zines and just doing it. By yourself, but I assume no salary. Oh, no. This is what I worry about with art is that it takes time and effort to create, but nobody seems to want to pay for it. Yeah. So, Jesse, how do you make a living? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I'm just making stuff. You're just here. Yeah. Creating. Um, I do see that quite often. That is something that comes up. People wondering how you make money doing something like this. Do you think that's just the wrong way of thinking about it? Yeah. I just... I mean, I just, I can't stop doing what I'm doing. There's no stopping it, so. So it's not like the art is the product that you sell to make money. No. So you could go out to dinner. It's for something else. This is almost, I want to say, perhaps spiritual? I get that vibe sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Is it a release? I'm not so sure if it's a release. Um, more just a way to kind of help understand or kind of make more tangible things that are very intangible. In a way, a kind of doorway for myself to enter through. If that makes sense in some ways. Oh, yeah. So then when we bring in something so crass and worldly as dollar signs, it almost is, there's no even connection here. Well, it's all part of it. I don't know. There doesn't seem to be any difference. People just have their attention set on different things. What is your philosophy of life? I don't think I have one. <laughs> Well, I mean, I know we've just met, and I've been staring at your yeah. artwork and your website for a while. And meeting you, I'm you're delightful. Thank you. You have an air of happiness about you, or perhaps it's maybe a little more deeper, like joy, like you're in the moment and pleasant. So I almost feel as if the difficulties of everyday life you can transcend that. And I'm so curious, was it your upbringing or several events that helped you form who you are today? It was all part of it, all just little building blocks. But I can see where there used to be challenges or things used to be difficult, but then there was a time when I could also see that it was almost like I was pretending that those things were hard or like these things were difficult, which separated me from that moment and I didn't want to be separated from that anymore. So right now I feel as though everything is assisting in bringing me closer to here, like where we are now. Because I don't want there to be any separation. That's beautiful. And with that said, how has the pandemic influenced your life or your art? It really allowed for a lot of introspection, which I feel like as soon as it, like as soon as it happened, it was just like, all right going inside <laughs> and um, I can see how everything beforehand was trying to keep me from 
going inside a little bit. So it's been really beautiful. It's been a really beautiful time. So about Rumble Lump Club, have you mm-hmm. have you given much thought about expanding that, or, or do you already have subscribers from other states? Yeah, um, we've got subscribers all over the country. And what's generally the feedback you get from the zines? Little to none, really. <laughs> but um, people seem to keep subscribing, which is cool. I'm fine with whether or not I get any sort of feedback. I don't think it's necessarily, or it used to be more about the feedback, but... You know, I would struggle to that. Like, nobody is saying anything. I'm like, I'm just sending these out into, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, mm. it seemed to change stuff um, after I let go of that, needing to have any kind of feedback. But, yeah, they're all over the place. We got some in Canada, too. And, yeah, it's awesome. Nice. I'm just now speaking of feedback, I'm so curious about how you use social media for your work and if that tendency for us to need and desire those hearts and clicks and likes, Mm -hmm. that feedback, if that has an influence on you at all? Um, I've just more or less stopped doing social media, and it seems to have somehow made it better. I don't know. I feel like as soon as we stopped, that's when we started to, like, pick up subscriber-wise, which, you know, I have no explanation for. How interesting. Yeah. And for you personally, was social media, was it a positive influence or negative influence for you? It was a drain, for sure. It was... You know, I don't know, just the nature of it. You get stuck in there and you're just kind of like, like, what am I doing? I'm just here putting this weird thing between what I actually want to do and, you know. Right. The virtual world between you and reality. Yeah, so I'm just going to do what I'm doing instead of trying to understand it. Oh. Yeah. I just am having this terrible memory right now I have to share. Please. <laughs> it has nothing please. to do with art. I have an ex who... We were remodeling the bathroom, and everything was gutted, so there's just this hole in the floor. Yeah. But God of War was just released, and it was the first time I flipped over the back of it to read, you know, what it was about. And then Mm -hmm. saw at the very bottom it said 220 hours to complete this game. So my bathroom did not get done for 220 hours. And... That's like a moment where it dawned on me that this effort into this virtual world mm-hmm. is sucking away real world things. Yeah. That matter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was also symbolic of that relationship, the bathroom. <laughs> but also like in social media, it's the truth, too. You could just before you know it, an hour is wasted and you could have created something or been with somebody. Yeah. While we say that about, you know, social media, the technology, though, of the Internet or just of computers themselves, Mm -hmm. has that had any influence on your artwork or made things easier for you? Oh, yeah. No, it's such a beautiful thing. I mean, as far as being able to connect with people. So, I mean, just instantaneously. That's like, I feel like that's what it's for. You know, I think people tend to see other things in it and those are mostly distractions, but it's like, no, this is meant to bring us, like, show us that, no, we are very close to each other, whether or not we're physically close to each other, you know. Yeah. A bit of a help and sometimes a bit of a distraction. How about the actual techniques of what's available to you in, in technology for creating your work? Mm. Like, what do you, do you use a pad or? Everything I do is uh, hand-drawn, and then I'll scan it into the computer. And coloring, if it is color, on the computer. On the computer. But sometimes I'll, you know, color stuff outside of. But, yeah, just depends, I guess, on whatever is being born at that moment. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Jesse, earlier we were talking about making a career out of artwork. Where do you make your money kind of thing? And I, mm-hmm. I'm curious, though, you live and have found work in a rural area. Is that how did you do that? I really don't know. I just <laughs> I mean, I came here for college and then college ended and I was like, oh, I should probably get a job. And I really wanted to work at the breakfast club. And then I started working at the breakfast club. And then eventually they allowed me to be a manager. And then I stopped doing that and became mostly just an artist for them. Why? Why did you stop managing and then... I don't really know. It, I think a big part of it was I've been wanting to do a bit more sort of internal exploration, but I wasn't able to see that. I was just facing the kind of like friction that came with like having a job where I had to get up super early and like be there all day. But... Uh, It was a thing that was between, that I was, you know, using as this kind of like wall. And as soon as the pandemic hit, I was able to kind of like step back from that. And they were in a position to kind of like let me kind of do that. Never miss out on a local video about your community by subscribing to NWPB's YouTube channel. Simply write in Northwest Public Broadcasting in the search bar on YouTube and hit the subscribe button. would you give to aspiring artists? Mm. Just keep making <laughs> and don't um, try to make what people, what you think people want you to make. Mm. Just do what you do. And what advice would you give to maybe a parent who has an artistic child? Mm. Don't try to force anything. Just let the kid be. Okay, here's one. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. What do you wish somebody would have said to you as a young child about art? Maybe nothing. Maybe nothing. But maybe just having the kind of... I mean, everything. I feel like everything was available. Like, I, I was exposed to art in a lot of different, a lot of different ways. Um, and I feel like they didn't really need to say anything. It was just like, it felt natural to kind of go in that direction. But yeah, if you see your kid starting to pick something up and, and draw with it, I don't know, just be there with them. Like, see, like, watch them, like discover this new thing you know you know be there for them yeah so my mom drew comics a lot when she was little and it was really hard time for them in Korea so my grandfather would tell her she was wasting paper and pencil Mm -hmm. and to save it for school and they would take it away from her and she would get in trouble but what ended up happening is art came out of her eventually it's not like you can stop it no so she paints, and they're amazing, and she's self-taught. But there is some sadness for her, though, because she has that regret that she didn't have the support. Yeah. Because what could she have created in all those years? Which is kind of a sad thing to think, but yeah. her journey is what it is. And so with my children, I see them drawing, and it's exciting. Yeah. But I try not to do what I can call the American thing, which is, that's great, honey. <laughs> that's so amazing. I'm more like, hey, you got yeah. some talent. Keep at it. <laughs> Keep working at it. I don't want them to think they're that good too soon. <laughs> 
Was your mom like, good job, sweetie, keep going? Maybe a little bit everybody kind of was. And there was a, some people would say that was like, oh, did you trace that? Or you must have traced that. Which is a compliment. Which is a compliment, but it became, you know, it was just like, I don't know, it was just like the thing was like, no, I didn't trace that. Yeah, this is me. <laughs> this is my stuff. Yeah. How about art teachers or any other teachers? Mm-hmm. Is there mm-hmm. anybody in particular? Yeah, I had a high school band teacher, which is pretty... Wait, this I'm loving pretty this. pretty stereotypical. The band teacher. My high teacher. school band teacher really taught me how to open up and be free and how I express myself, you know. <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And it was really beautiful to be able to do that. What a connection, too, between music and art. Yeah, there's no difference. It's all about opening up and letting it out. Yeah. I feel like whatever tools one has to kind of, like, see themselves more deeply, like, just use those tools to do that just do it Mm -hmm. like take a look and I feel like most people are not looking they're not looking but Jesse to look can be scary I mean you're so bubbly but I mean sometimes people look in their art and it's it's dark yeah yeah so how do they deal with that I don't know they can just see that that darkness is there but it doesn't have to be something that defines them these things can be there but they're not telling me you're this way you know they're just weird objects that are floating around in some mental space that we've created. This is so interesting because a lot of those floaty thoughts that can be frightening, we automatically assume it's us. Yeah. When you're saying, no, no, just take it as it is. It's a thing out there. Yeah. And disconnect you, your ego, from that, which would make it easier for people perhaps to that knowledge of go in deeper and then when you see the dark scary things that you don't have to literally take it personally yeah see it for what it is which is interesting because when an artist creates something that's so challenging for people to look at it brings up these defensive emotions sometimes and that's that's a that is a doorway for them to see deeper for themselves that's it right there like when those things come up it's like okay yes I have some things stored inside of myself, whether it be from like conditioning or whatever. And these things are putting a wall between my experience of what is here. So it's like seeing these things that come up as, they're just things that come up. It's going to be here and then it's going to be gone. It's like, why would I let something that's going to be here for a second and be gone separate me? Mm. Have there been any artists that you find challenging that you see? I don't know about challenging, but... um, I've experienced a lot of artists who I can see gave me more tools to kind of hone what it is that's happening in the kind of comics or the drawings that I'm doing. Chris Hoare has been the biggest kind of influence as far as like what is possible, what can be communicated through comics specifically and through the hand-drawn line. Okay, now I have to ask you this totally weird question. Have you seen (laughs) any like petroglyphs? And you, as an artist, looking at a petroglyph of ancient people, what does it do in your mind? What are your thoughts? As I'm making stuff, I get the sense that, like, spoken language is becoming, I'm seeing the limitations of it, in a way. And it's like, okay, this makes sense that someone would eventually just drop written or spoken language and just go straight to the sort of, yeah, it's like a direct, it feels a lot more direct than speaking because words can have so many different interpretations. But if you're just, like, connecting to whatever that thing is, it's just, like, 
there you're that. I don't know. Yeah. All right. And do you have an artist goal or dream that you, maybe you'd like to be featured on a magazine or? Those things used to be there a lot more, I feel. But I feel like they've been more recently just kind of tending to happen without any sort of, um, like, my doing. Yeah. I just met somebody in, I don't know if you're familiar with the Vancouver Art Book Fair, but I'd gone to the Vancouver Art Book Fair to do the Rumble Lump with my friends and met somebody who was doing this comics festival in, you know, the Czech Republic, and I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, maybe we'll talk sometime. Then out of the blue, she kind of like, hey, you want to do this thing? I was like, yeah. It works. It works. And it was just like, yeah, I'm just going to, I feel like stop wanting things because I feel like anything I want could never be as cool as the thing that are like the things that are like coming to me, you know, mm. even like this, getting the chance to hang out with you, you know, <laughs> it was like, I don't know, I put on my email one day. It's like, oh, yeah, you want to talk to Sue Ann? I was like, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds awesome. Oh, that's that's cool. <laughs> well, and I enjoyed getting more familiar with your artwork. What projects do you have coming up? I'm just working on the rumble up. You know, it's a monthly thing, so I've got to... It's a monthly zine. That's a lot of work. Yeah. I think when it starts to feel like work, I'll probably stop, but, you know. Ah. Hey, I'm Gabriel Del Rosario, a producer intern for Traverse Talks with Sue Ann Ramella. And if you like the show, we would love to hear from you. Leave a rating and a review wherever you listen. Thank you. All right. Jesse, do you have... I hate to go back to money. I feel like my mind is so stuck there. I mean, generally speaking, most of us in America live pretty darn good lives, comparatively speaking, to the rest of the world. Mm. And if we could be honest with ourselves, we really don't need a whole lot. Yeah. Just some good food and a place to live and a couple of outfits and we're good to go, but we have so much stuff and toys. And I'm under the impression, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that you don't need a lot of that excess stuff. Like, I don't see you as a consumer. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad I got that right. (laughs) (laughs) So then I feel as if, does that make it easier than for you to get the things you need to live so you can create? Like, you do not have a need to have a boat no. or a fancy car so you can create your work and that stuff doesn't even phase you. Yeah, I don't need those things. Okay. I feel like I have everything I need already. And for somebody who is creative but their minds are stuck in the consumer world of I must have a high-paying job in order to provide for myself, but I have this tension between that and creating my art, what would you say to them? Leave the mind behind. <laughs> Get rid of it. Dude, you and I need to do some shrooms sometime together. I have a wild. Right? I have a feeling your artwork would speak deeply. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you, where, who and where do you hang out with in Moscow? I hang out with my partner, Emily. Who seems very supportive of you. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I have anybody in my life right now who's not very supportive. How did you do that? I don't know. I think they just went away. Okay, you got some kind of magic, Jesse Clyde. He's rolling with life, creating. Things happen for him. You Did you read The Secret, that book? No. <laughs> Visualize what you want, and it happens. 
You've been touched by some serious, like, luck and good vibes, man. I feel that way for you. Like, because so many people are honestly willing in conversations to go into some deep, sad parts yeah. of what they do and how they live. But you're like keeping it real up here and nope, I'm good. I let that go and I just draw and it happens and here I am. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Jesse, thank you so much for this interview mm-hmm. and also for this conversation about art. I think we need to talk more about artwork and how it can help. Yeah release that thing in the inside of us and tackle some things that we don't even have words for it really yeah no need trying to describe it just be here in it you know i'd love to hang out more too i enjoy talking with you Sammy. oh <laughs> with my machine gun questions <laughs> i enjoy it too jesse uh, i have met so many people especially around this area that i think they enhance the people that they're with. And I'm sure you're one of them too. And man, when things get better, it would be really nice to have a party at the farm. I got a little little bit of acreage. It's a farm in progress. So you know mm-hmm. that just is basically like half a shack and oh yeah. <laughs> some mm. wayward chickens, but beautiful. If anything, it would be fun to have a good a good meal together. Well, what do you Now I've got questions. Ask me. What do you do out there? Oh, I live my my dreams. What are your dreams? There's something very romantic and beautiful to me about growing flowers. And then when I think deeply about how those things are connected to life and food, and then it all comes back down to the soil and comes up again, and then the bees and the insects and the interconnectivity of it all, and that I am allowed to choose what I want and see it come from this tiny little seed and it grows into this enormous big vine with this beautiful fragrant flower and if I had a part in that it's so fulfilling that's just that's the plant part the animal part I think is because I must like drama (laughs) (laughs) that's it that's that's a big part of right yeah farming it's like these creatures have needs and they're loud and they're cute, but demanding and sometimes naughty and the poops and everything and cleaning. Yeah, I must like that because I have two kids, one husband who insists on injuring himself every spring. <laughs> yeah, my little circus over there and um, realize how fortunate I am to be in this area and have that opportunity because not everybody gets a piece of land. Yeah. What are your needs? My needs? Yeah, what are your needs? Ooh. Honestly, Jesse, I think I am too connected to capitalism and consumerism so much that when I'm having a bad day, I go shopping. And I don't like that. And the pandemic has created these moments where I can't and I don't need to. And so this reexamination, I'm currently in that process of like looking at my closet as an example and realizing no human being needs that many clothes like yeah. these clothes are going to live longer than me so why why do I keep buying them and then I realize about the fast fashion and how it hurts the planet and who am I making more rich it's not the earth and I wore it twice mm-hmm. what's the point I wasted my money and I didn't do any good with it right so my needs I'm still figuring them out and they're all clouded by 
you know, realization, but working through them. But I have to say, Jesse, if it all burnt down, the only thing I would run back into the house for, this is assuming my children and my husband are out. The dog, I think he's can figure it out. (laughs) Not running back in for for Duke. Duke's a little crazy. He might call me to death, but yeah. Duke, I love you, but yeah, you're on your own. Is Duke listening right now? I hope so. We need the listens. (laughs) I would run back into my house for the one painting I have from my mother. I have actually plotted how I would do that from what entrance, depending on what part of the house is on fire, and how I would break the window to get into my room to get that painting out. Because, I mean, humans you can't replace, of course, but artwork like that cannot be replaced either. Can you tell me about that painting? Ooh, my mother is a very complicated, deep, detail-oriented person. So her oil works is a very Korean, American themed with some Christianity. So this particular painting has this beautiful blue sky. And in the top middle is a red and black orb in an Asian style with two hands cupped over the top and water dripping down over the orb that passes through it to the planet Earth which is flanked by two couples of Asian red crown cranes flying. And then under the earth, she goes hyper close to the planet with nothing but trees, but Asian style bonsai with tiny little dots all around. And then mountains in the background. And then over here down at the bottom in two Japanese red crown cranes who are doing a mating dance. And when I look at that painting, I feel her, and I feel me, and I feel God, and I feel love and beauty. So yeah, I would run into a burning building to rescue that painting. Do you feel that feeling now? The feeling you get when you look at that painting? And pride. Mm. Lots of pride. Good pride. You know, as artists, you birth things. Sometimes they're like your kids. That's a, that's a good creation. God damn it, Jesse Clyde. Oh, finally. <laughs> My one and only task today. Make Sue Ann cry. Let's talk about your mom. Let's talk about this beautiful painting. Um, which we dig down deep today. Oh, this is my radio voice now. I love I got it. it off. It's great. <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> okay, Jesse, that's all I got. All right. Oh, thanks so much. Is it all you got? Oh, no, I no, I mean. You, got, you seem fathomless to me. <laughs> Just endless. Well, I hope to see you around, Jesse. Like, oh, do you have plans to be at the markets or anything? Yeah, I'm not really leaving the house too much currently. Yeah. But yeah. I might see you around. I don't know. Yeah, but thank you. Thank you. Cartoonist and artist Jesse Clyde. You could see his mural on The Breakfast Club in downtown Moscow, Idaho, and online at jessieclyde.com. This is Traverse Talks. I'm Sue Ann Ramella. Mm-hmm.